Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, uh, another week in the books almost in college basketball, so it's time to kind of reassess everything in the state. And uh, joining me, the host of The Morning Show, Andrew Wallace. What's going on? Let's talk some hoops, Matt. Uh, I think the state schools made things a little easier for us with some of their performances as of late. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like VCU's result over Richmond on Tuesday night certainly makes things clear who's the best team in the state. Yeah, uh, there's no argument. Uh, it's 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 for VCU. Um, I don't know necessarily if their ceiling is the highest, and we can get into that, but it, right now they're playing the best basketball, and they're doing it on the offensive end, and they're doing it on the defensive end, and that's uh, the two most important things when it comes to basketball. Yeah, I put a poll up that wanted to see who the best player in Virginia is, and so far it's been Jacob Gilliard, but I think after the hot streak that we've seen from Bowens Highland, you could make that argument, and there's validity to it. Obviously, Marcus Santos Silva has been exceptional, so I think that that's the strength to VCU is, is Richmond has Gilliard, you know, UVA's got Diakite, Virginia Tech's got all these young guys that have really stepped up. William and Mary certainly come out of their own shell. Liberty's played great defense. They've got Georgie and, you know, Scotty and all those great players. But I think at the end of the day, the thing that separates VCU from everybody is they've got Bones coming out of his shell and they've got Santos Silva. And then we're still not sure exactly what we're going to get from Evans. We've seen flashes of the old Evans. And I think that, he can return to that and give them a whole new level of, of heights this year. Hold on. So you did a poll of the best player in the state, and Jacob Gilliard's winning. He is he is winning as of the taping of this oh, podcast. Oh, God. Who do, you, who do you like? I mean, is, you didn't even mention the guy who's the best in the state. It's Nathan Knight. He, at one point, and I don't know if he still is, is leading the country in double-doubles. I'm sorry. I should have qualified this. This is the best player in RVA. So I should have qualified this. Best player in RVA. So yeah. just VCU and Richmond. Yeah, but I still think that you could make the argument for Gilliard. I mean, I'd throw Diakite and Knight in there. I, I would totally buy that. I think those are two names you got to consider in terms of the best in the state. I mean, Jacob Gilliard had a pretty poor game on Tuesday and is good for one or two of those every year, every season. And so I just I can't I can't do it when it comes to putting him. I mean, he's very good. I'm not going to deny that, but I'm just saying like to say he's the best. And obviously, you've just you 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 told me what the qualifications are, so that's a little different. But like I. Eh. Yeah, I don't even know if he's the best player on his team. I think Sherrod's better. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, you can make the case that when Grant Golden is not shooting threes, he's better. You know, I just that's that's very interesting. That that's how the poll came out. So we both agree that VCU is the best team in the state today, and obviously Friday they've got a tough matchup against Rhode Island. What do you think they need to do to escape with a victory there? Well, I mean, Rhode Island's got arguably, like, look, Dayton is a very good team, but arguably three of the best players in the conference are all in Rhode Island. It's Dalton, it's Fats Russell, and then it's Cyril Langevin. And it really comes down to Langevin versus Santos Silva and how much can they cancel each other out and things like that. Um, I think that Rhode Island's just a bad matchup, I feel like, in times because they're, you know, VCU's a finesse team that occasionally plays bully ball. Well, Rhode Island is a bully ball team that occasionally plays finesse. And so it's who can impose their style. And as of late, it's been Rhode Island on VCU. So do you think that 
I'm right in that UVA is the second best team in the state. I mean, that win against FSU certainly makes you feel that way. I, I mean, I think they're more the second best team because of a lack of options. I don't think they're actually the second best team. I've said all along, so like I, I do some handicapping podcasts and stuff, and they were asking me for sleepers, and I said Virginia, and I said Virginia because of the the defense that they play. The problem is their offense is so far out of whack that. It's, you know, they have to figure that out because in the tournament, you can't win every game 55-50. That's just not possible. And I know that there's a lot of people who have seen Kihei Clark's play of late and been inspired by it, but I still think he's got a too large a load on his shoulder. I don't buy Walden Tensai to be this next-level three-point shooter. I think he's had some nice games, and he's shown me more on defense. So I understand what you're saying, and I think it's a part of the fact that we're in conference play, but also, I mean, the team that I've got third, Liberty, didn't really help themselves. They had two bad losses. I mean, you can't lose to Stetson. So I think we're at the point where most people thought that Liberty was going to need to win the A-Sun to get in. I know there were people who were talking about, myself included, the idea of them winning out in the A-Sun and still potentially getting a bid, but I think that's completely eradicated after their last week. Uh, I have William & Mary third, and obviously that's mm-hmm. as of this podcast today because they're playing tonight, and they have their tough Northeastern Hofstra weekend at home, but I just think I trust Nor- William & Mary's offense. I-, I know that their wins aren't the best, but I feel like they're balanced. I feel like they're running a good system. I feel like they're going to keep winning games. And so, to me, I dropped Liberty down. As a guy who had Liberty very high, I dropped them down because of the two losses. I can't put Richmond up there. I can't put Tech up there. So, to me, it's it's William & Mary who I trust the most out of that next four. So, where do you put Tech and Richmond? Because, I mean, Tech has clearly proven that they can't win on the road. I mean, they're 3-3 three and three on true road games so far this season, and you lose to Miami. That's kind of disgraceful. And Richmond's got the same old brand. It's whenever they face a real opponent, they aren't able to step up and aren't able to get it done. It's uh, for me. It's it's Richmond four because I trust their offense more than anybody else, and then it's probably Liberty five, and then it's Tech six because I think and and look that could change rather easily because if Tech all of a sudden figures things out and uh, and and changes, then it's going to change. But like right now, like the stock market, their stock is down right now, so I'm moving them down. But I think you could also argue that about William Mary. They just lost to Towson over the past weekend. Bad matchup, though. Bad matchup in terms of, once again, much like the William, uh, the Rhode Island VCU game, Towson and is a lot tougher and can handle the Twin Towers a lot better than some other teams. So, I, I look, I agree, but I, I just think, uh, you know, you can't lose to Miami at Miami without yeah. Chris Likes. Yeah. You can't lose at Boston College. Now, I had Boston College uh, winning that game, but you just it, it can't happen if you're Tech. Is Tech's resume totally shattered? Does it feel like everything they've kind of done in the beginning of the season in the non-conference is kind of washed away a little bit? No, I mean they still have a lot of time and they still have opportunities. It's just they don't they're not helping themselves and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be scrubbing them and Virginia at the same time. Well, they're right next to each other in the net. I mean, they're literally back to back in the net today. 53rd for Tech and 54th for UVA and then inside the top 60 you also have Richmond and VCU. VCU's 33rd and Richmond's 59th. So, I do understand what you're saying and it's kind of frustrating because you, you kind of wanted the William Marys, the Techs, the UVAs, even the Radfords and the Liberties to kind of just step up. And it feels like they've had letdown moments that they are way more talented than those letdown moments. But also that is 2019-2020 in college basketball to an extent. 
It is. It is. It's, is it down here in the state? I'm not ready to make any sort of sweeping judgments about everything with regards to the state. It's just a bad, it's a bad year, and there's still plenty of time. It's only January 30th, so there's still two months or so for, for teams to fix things before March. All right, so we ended the first episode of this podcast with some projections, and we basically both agreed that VCU would end up atop this list, and so far, here they are. But I, I know you don't want to look too far in the future, but if you had to, to slap some some locks on bids currently from all these teams. I mean, you got to look at Norfolk State as one of them, right? Because they're undefeated in the MEAC. But they're not really a lock because they have to win their conference still. Okay, but as of now, I feel like they're a team that's that should get a bid. I would agree with William Mary on in that regard, too, as well. And then VCU, UVA and Tech still, to me, are kind of on the bubble. So, I mean, it, it feels like we're losing our locks a little bit, and it feels like we're, we're losing some of the volume of our bids while also kind of having these teams outside of you know, VCU and UVA, and UVA kind of just to some extent have kind of lost a little bit of their edge. Well, we, I think, it, once again, it's the same thing. Five, uh, over-under is three and a half. I mean, that's what it is. And I think we're going to be straddling that line on a week-to-week basis because I just think there's no guarantee Norfolk State wins. There's no guarantee that Radford or Hampton or any of the others that are in their conferences. So, like, you know, the closest thing to a lock is VCU. Right. And then after that, I can't give anybody close to a lock. No, I would I would agree with that. I'd take the over just today just because, like I said, I mean, Radford, William Mary, Liberty, Norfolk State, those are all teams that are very capable of winning their conference tournament, and I'd even project should win their conference tournament. And then you, you mentioned VCU, so that's five, and I just think one of the two, UVA or Liberty, or, or excuse me, Virginia Tech, has to get hot at some point. Like, I just feel like, I, I know Virginia basically got that win against Florida State because Balsa was ejected. So that's not going to happen every time. But I just feel like one of those two teams, UVA or Tech, has to start showing some consistency at some point soon, but maybe not. I, I would hope so. But once again, when you're really young like Tech, I mean, that's not a guarantee. Like, we're all still really surprised at how Tech has played this year. So, like, I, I you know, I, I think I won't be surprised if they lose three of their next four after this. Like, I just won't be surprised because that's just when you have a young team, no matter how good your coaching is and how good your status is, it's still really difficult outside of Tony Bennett who's the best coach right now in the Commonwealth um it's probably coach Rhodes yeah and then it's probably Mike Young and then it's probably McKay I mean I guess can't lose to Stetson though I I guess I mean that's not necessarily on on him though I mean it's just it's on the team too like they they have to go out and actually hit the shots so I don't know it's a good question but I think coach Rhodes is probably number two and then it's a free-for-all for number... Well, no, then it's Mike Young, and then it's a free-for-all for number four. Yeah, I've got no problems with that. I still think Dane Fisher has an opportunity to get inside you know, my top five if he can win the CAA. I mean, that'd be something that just hasn't happened for William Mary, so that would be a huge separation for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't make a judgment on him, what, 20 games in right. to his college career. Right. If, he had a, if he had any sort of pedigree, I would, I would totally do that, but I, I, I just can't do it right now. All right, that's going to do it for us on the VA Hoops podcast. Be sure to check Matt Josephs out. Three to four is a part of Border to Border at Mid-Major Matt on social media. I'm there at Wallace ESPN. Listen to Black and Drew weekdays on ESPN Richmond starting at 8 on 99.5, 1027 ESPN.